Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Nintendo's podcast, the Nintendo podcast where we dig deep on games both new and old. I am the first of your two co-hosts this episode, Brayden, and on the other end of this video chat, I have... It is I, Connor. Hello, Connor. Welcome to Nintendo Gems. We're here to talk about some video games, and we have a good one. Yes, primarily a single video game for this episode. A single video game encompassed in a large, long-standing franchise, so we'll inevitably touch on a few of the uh, the different entries as well, but they, we just got a new one very recently that is all abuzz in the Nintendo world. Absolutely. Yeah, the game definitely has some pedigree, and we have some history with the series as well, so we're looking forward to talking about Monster Hunter Rise, or Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch. But before we jump in, hey, we are pretty active on social media, at least we attempt to be, uh, so make sure that you go ahead and follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, just to stay up to date on what we are playing, when our new episodes will drop, and get in contact with us. I just want to give a shout out to Griffian as well, our first ever Discord member. Uh, we had a great chat talking about Xenoblade and stuff, so I'm looking forward to talking with more of you as time goes on. So yeah, hop into our Discord, check the show notes for all our links. Yeah, come have fun. We're playing a lot of Monster Hunter. That's right. Go figure. All right. So on that note, let's roll right in. Like I said, we're going to be discussing Monster Hunter Rise for Nintendo Switch. It came out on March 26th of 2021 this year. So just a couple weeks ago at the time of recording, Connor and I both uh, were basically day one adopters. I think it took a day to get Connor's copy to him. And about a week to for me to summon the courage to get started. Yeah. Because I knew pretty much what I was getting into beforehand. Right, right. Yeah, if you're familiar with Monster Hunter, you probably know what he means. If not, we are certainly going to... We are here to help. Yes, we're, we are definitely here to dive into the weeds of Monster Hunter, the series, Monster Hunter Rise, the game, and everything in between. We are here to be your monster helpers. Ooh. Um, where do you want to start? I think we should start with kind of just covering the series as a whole and maybe in particular its appearance on Nintendo consoles, but I -hmm. I guess I'll kick off its history, its lineage with Monster Hunter for PlayStation 2. It came out in 2004 Mm -hmm. and it really laid the groundwork and the, the core gameplay out for what is going forward for the rest of the series. It's, it's core gameplay Mm -hmm. loop, you know? Yeah, it really hasn't changed much in al- almost 20 years since that first game. Right. And we've and there's been sequels and spin-offs, dozens of sequels and spin-offs across platforms, across consoles and portables. Right. And truly largely the core gameplay like Braden said has not changed very much at all since the PlayStation 2. And there's much to be said about the gameplay which I think mm-hmm. we have both positives and negatives to to discuss here in this episode. But For we'll, we'll get to that. Monster Hunter's first appearance on Nintendo consoles was Monster Hunter Try for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was the third entry. I take that back. The third numbered entry into the series. There you go. You know, kind of following the, the mainline core core games, because at that point, I do believe there had been a number of spinoffs. Yes. And that's so Monster Hunter as like a franchise, I would compare mostly to Pokemon is a pretty good analog because it's in the way that like Pokemon has mainline entries and like spinoffs that play the same sure. Monster Hunter kind of has the same thing because there was Monster Hunter on the PS2 and then Monster Hunter 2 came out on the PS2 in Japan and then there were like half a dozen 
updates i guess kind of like extra versions like there was monster hunter freedom monster hunter freedom unite uh-huh. monster hunter freedom unite 2 and these were all for the playstation portable <laughs> back in the day and so there were like a lot of different updates and like sequels and, and in the same way that pokemon entries are like new games in the pokemon series are kind of iterative the games stay the same at their core like it's still the same battles and such but each game kind of introduces like a new mechanic Mm -hmm. like x and y had the mega evolutions sword and shield have the gigantamax Mm -hmm. stuff things that don't really appear in the next game in the next entry don't get me started i know right and also like each new pokemon game adds a whole new slew of pokemon each Mm -hmm. monster hunter game adds a dozen or so new monsters to hunt and some monsters return or don't all like the flagship popular ones come back. Um, And so that's kind of the trend for each monster hunter game as it's come out for the past almost two decades, just new monsters. Some don't come back a few new mechanics get introduced for each new game. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those don't come back, you know, just one of those like iterative franchises. I would, I would call it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Monster Hunter Try or Monster Hunter 3, the third numbered Monster Hunter game mm-hmm. came, came out for the Wii. And that was my entry into the series. Yes. I kind of want to divert our perspectives here for a moment because I have very clear memories of you being on the Wii playing this strange game full of icons. I thought it was chess where <laughs> it can look pretty garbled if you don't know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um but then I saw these huge, gorgeous monsters that you're fighting in groups of four people. Like, what the heck? This is crazy. So I, I, I dipped in a couple years later. I got into some Monster Hunter games that, that later came out for the 3DS and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you started but, with 4 Ultimate, right? Monster Hunter 4? That's right. The two games that I've played now is Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which... As Connor said, it's one of the improved editions, quote unquote, of the core Monster Hunter 4 game. Right. 4 already came out in Japan, mm-hmm. and then they released 4 Ultimate, which is just an updated version of 4 that we actually got in the U.S., fortunately, I suppose. Yeah. And then I also played Monster Hunter Generations for the 3DS as well, which is strange that it wasn't a numbered entry. It very much felt identical to monster hunter 4 ultimate it, ah, and this is another weird naming convention thing in japan that is known as monster hunter xx or monster hunter double cross so it's huh. like a sequel to one of those sequel thingies because there was a monster hunter x i'm pretty certain right and it was kind of like a greatest hits for all the monster hunters like it was most of like the old monsters coming back into the sure. roster and so we got it as monster hunter generations you know one of those right. like kind of generic subtitles that denotes its history, I suppose. Right. Good stuff. And, and yeah, Monster Hunter Generations. It felt very iterative of Monster Hunter Four. You know, having you know, I didn't change consoles or anything. Playing both on the 3DS felt very similar. We'll discuss some of the the gameplay features that do roll over from game to game. But yeah, so that's my kind of limited experience. I did dump you know easily a couple hundred hours i'd assume between the two games but you are certainly a bit more veteran than i am to the series is that the right word uh i suppose so you could call me a series veteran it's been around for so much longer even than i've been around it but i mean at this Mm -hmm. point yeah i've i've been with monster hunter for over a decade which is very weird to think about (laughs) because three came out when i was in eighth grade there's me dating myself 
but yeah, Monster Hunter try for the Wii. I remember it was the first time I'd heard of Monster Hunter because it was the first time it came to a Wii, a Nintendo console. Sure. Um, and I remember there was lots of Nintendo Power coverage, like in the magazine. Interesting. I don't recall that explicitly, but I really? believe you. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal because, like, I mean, it was a it's a big historic franchise. First kind of yeah. first time coming to Nintendo, um, and first like major marketed and published U.S. release, really for the for the whole series. Sure. And obviously for the Wii, which at that time was seen as like this huge accessible for everybody mm-hmm. fun for the whole family console this like really core like hardcore gamer kind of game uh-huh. coming to it like randomly from playstation was pretty weird and wild and unheard of but regardless it was getting a lot of buzz and it looked and sounded fun it mm-hmm. i at the time i was like this looks like zelda and so <laughs> <laughs> oh no well i mean yes and no and sort of was i right uh so i got it and got my pardon me kiddos got my ass handed to me mm-hmm. quite a bit for quite a while um this is a very hard game this is a very hard challenging tests your gaming skills kind of series mm-hmm. and so got my ass handed to me on a silver platter a few times bucked up to the challenge um mm-hmm. and i guess that's worth noting too this is like one of the first games that like turn me into that kind of gamer you know that like yeah. really enjoys a challenge and like likes to climb over the mountain tooth and uh, nail claw my way through and absolutely. just conquer something i can totally see that yeah this was one of those first things one of those games that gave me that kind of drive and that love for for challenging games and so mm-hmm. I, I bucked up beat the first monster the great jaggy and then i put like something like 300 hours into the game yeah subsequently <laughs> the rest is history and the rest truly is history three got a another weird pseudo sequel for the wii u called monster hunter 3u monster hunter mm-hmm. 3 ultimate then yes i also played four ultimate for the 3ds um took a break on generations i didn't really give it a try monster hunter world came out for these next gen consoles xbox one and playstation yeah. 4 exclusively which was another weird iterative entry but the biggest evolution gameplay wise that the series saw for a long time and so i dipped my toes into that for a little bit but because it wasn't on nintendo stuff and i didn't have one of those consoles at the time i Mm kind of skipped it for a long time so rise really is my first return to the franchise since for ultimate for the 3ds so it's been a while it it's like riding a bicycle you know absolutely it is I feel like that's a pretty good intro, our personal experiences with the series, and maybe we can start moving a little closer into what makes Monster Hunter Rise what it is. Sure. Well, I mean, we kind of got to get into what makes Monster Hunter what it is still, too. Yeah. So I said some words earlier that... (laughs) (laughs) I said some words that really meant a lot to me, I think, when I first started playing Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And that those those words are gameplay loop. Mm. I don't think that concept of a game having a gameplay loop had ever quite sunk in with me as hard as it did with Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like it is almost nothing but a loop. You know what I mean? You're doing one thing so you can do the next thing. You're doing one thing so you can accomplish it and but you have to keep going to keep getting the next thing sure i mean gameplay loop is kind of like a 
it's sort of a catch-all like game design term like yeah. every game kind of has a gameplay loop it's like whatever the action that you're doing is over and over to complete the game like there can mm -hmm. be a, an end to your gameplay loop yeah. you know a, an end an end state a goal but you're sure. right with monster hunter it is a little a little different so to put some words to said gameplay loop you are a monster hunter believe it or not okay is usually on the rise. You, you know, you're starting from the bottom now. Was that was that on purpose? That was not on purpose, and I apologize. But you, whatever, you, you're a monster hunter on the rise. rise. This is true for almost all the games, I have to say. Mm. Um, and so you 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 start with some easy assignments. You have to go slay some small monsters, gather some herbs, and deliver them. And that's usually it. Mm -hmm. And then as you kill these monsters and gather these herbs, you, you start to find resources while you're out in the field and you can construct better armor and weapons. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, you are fighting larger and larger monsters who, upon defeating these monsters, you use the materials that you carve from these monsters to then create stronger weapons and armor. To fight bigger and better monsters. Exactly. And it just keeps going. <laughs> I mean, at the bare bones, I, I have to say that's about it. And it's awesome along the way. Every fight is just one big boss fight. You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 a crazy cool concept. And again, this gameplay loop is tight. It, you know what I mean? They have nailed it and refined it over these almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now, monster, for those that don't have a visual for this series whatsoever, by monster, <sighs> you don't mean like mummies. No, that's Frankenstein's awesome. monster. Like what are what are we hunting here? That's so funny. Is this funny. spooky or is this like No, we are in a in a pretty wild fantasy setting. They're all like loosely like kind of western fantasy, kind of tribal, kind of like um kind of Conan the Barbarian-esque somewhere. Ah, wow. You know? Very good. But each one kind of like having a loosely different theme. This one Rise is kind of like a feudal Japan themed, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Like some of the characters are like shinobi and samurai kind of kind of stuff, Bushido stuff. But yeah. yes, go on about the monsters though. Yes, so these monsters are not Frankenstein and the mummy. They mm. are. I mean, I just need to say the word dragons. Think dragons, Definitely. dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Yes, that's mm -hmm. that's an even better, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of catch all for what these monsters really do. Kind of seem to represent. They are mm -hmm. massive. They 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 start out anywhere from like twice your character's size to eventually 10 times 10 times not quite shadow of the colossus level if you know well, you're thinking that big but that's getting into some somewhat spoiler territory for some of them but for in some of the games you you do encounter elder dragons which are quite larger than life threats but mm -hmm. those are kind of different different flavor challenges fair enough fair enough and this hunting that we do, these hunts that we go on, is it like real life hunting? Are we using like rifles? And um, what, are we, what are we doing? What are we hunting these monsters yeah. with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are using one of, so uh, as the series has moved forward and developed, more weapons have become available, but they are divided up into these classes. Are, would you call them classes? I guess so. At, at this point in Monster Hunter Rise, there are, a little over a dozen different weapon types. Um, each weapon type has like dozens and dozens of different versions of it that you can make, um, that you can craft mm -hmm. using these parts, these monster guts and monster scales and bones that you acquire from these hunts. You can construct different versions of these weapon types. So 
you can have a a sword and shield um and you start with like the generic iron sword and shield but by Mm -hmm. the end of the game or i don't know hour 50 or 100 you might have this like cool dragon sword and shield Mm -hmm. that's like red and and uses fire elements and stuff literally made from the bones of a dragon yeah it's awesome but and yes. the designs are phenomenal. They Ugh, historically so cool. the armor designs, they got they have I mean, to be designed by like New York designers or something like that. I mean, They're crazy. Pretty much. And like that's the thing is like the like you said before, the monster designs, these cool ass, gorgeous, elegant dragons and dinosaurs and just huge scaly but, beasts that are so cool. Giant- yeah, giant frogs, big Yeah, big bears, bears big bugs, just like uh-huh. cool cool monster designs through and through. Anything you can imagine Godzilla fighting is kind of like what you're up against yeah. in Monster Hunter, I feel like. Definitely. Yeah, very very kaiju inspired a lot of the times. Mhm. But these monsters, they're cool designs and when you hunt these monsters, you use their parts that you carve off of them to make these weapons and armor. These weapon and armor designs are also cool as hell as well because they're based <laughs> on the monsters. You know, they uh-huh. kind of like emulate the the theme and the colors and the shape of the monster. Not like yeah. literally like you're not like wearing the head of a dragon, mm-hmm. but it's an armor design that like suggests it. It's it's very cool. Yeah, if the dragon had a fin on its head, your helmet might have a fin on the helmet. And then, mm. you know, if there's some kind of furry patch on its elbows, your your armor might have a furry patch on its elbows. You know, it's just yeah. simple things like that that really make the world come alive, make it feel like these parts are valuable to create this mm. armor and stuff. Yeah, and they're like trophies too, you know? Absolutely. You hunt enough of these monsters and you get you get outfitted in them and like get their weapon. It feels really good to accomplish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like the armor designs, like you said, are kind of like New York fashion tier <laughs> stuff. Like even those who are not gamers, let alone hardcore enough gamers for Monster Hunter, uh-huh. can find something to appreciate because those costume designs are just are, are gnarly. Yes. Absolutely. But to return to the topic of the weapons, though, there are there are over a dozen types from your basic sword and shield to a, a big lance that you can use. That is, oh, oh. <laughs> Braden is Lance Gang. Lance uh, Gang. The lance is pretty much like twice the length of your character. I am a I'm a hammer guy. That's the thing is like beyond the regular sword and shield. That's just kind of like your generic normal sword dude, mm-hmm. sword and board. All these weapons are like. Two to three times the size of your character, like they're they're big ass hunks of bone mm-hmm. and metal that you just kind of swing around and whack these huge monsters with, and it's yep. oh so satisfying. The hammer, the clubbing part—I don't know—the mallet part of the hammer is like the yeah. size of your character, and you just swing it around, smack mm-hmm. the monster in the head, knock it out, massive knock- damage. It's awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's so satisfying. But they're yeah, so they these weapons range from like your average hammer, lance, sword, and shield long sword to these weird wild designs that they've come up with over over dozens of entries in the series there's a switch mm-hmm. axe which is an axe that transforms into a sword um <laughs> there's a charge blade that is a huge sword and shield that that you put together and tra- changes into an axe mm-hmm. there's an insect glaive which is this bow staff that you kind of do acrobatics with but also comes with this insect helper that flies around and gives you like <laughs> elemental status boosts there's 
It's wild. There's a bow gun, which is just like a crossbow. And then there's a heavy bow gun, which is like a machine gun. Yeah, There's a regular like- bow, an arrow, which is, again, twice the size of your character. So it's like this long bow that it's... <laughs> They, it's all awesome. It's so cool. It's larger yeah. than life, and it's and every weapon f- is so 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 unique and mm-hmm. requires such a different skill set and mindset. There's just so much diversity to the gameplay. Let alone with each monster that you're fighting. Each monster is completely unique in how they attack, in their behaviors in the field, and how they respond to you. But especially with each weapon, like each each hunt can feel truly unique. Mm -hmm. depending on what kind of loadout you're going out with and so i suppose circling back around to the to the gameplay department the meat of the experience in pretty much every monster hunter game it's structured the same you enter this tribal village as a hunter usually this village is being like antagonized by some legendary monster that only comes back every 100 years like verbatim pretty much every monster hunter game is that literally plot. the same story every game the plague the rampage yes. the, the apex virus, the apex uh, it is yeah. it is back after its slumber and <laughs> right it is attacking our village it's final fantasy kind of territory where it's like a different village each time like all the games are story-wise are unrelated but they do have yeah. some of the same monsters So yes, you're a fresh young buck hunter coming to this village that they hired you to take care of their monster problem. As you start your journey, you start with different ranked quests. So when you're first starting out, you start with rank one quests, one star, Mm -hmm. um, which are like kind of just regular gathering missions, slaying smaller monsters. Yeah. And then as you complete those quests, um, accept those assignments and complete them, you unlock two star, three star which are bigger and harder monsters progressively. So you sort of have some freedom in like how, what order you want to tackle these quests, but they do unlock as you go. You, you unlock mm-hmm. more varieties of monsters to hunt, and they do get a lot harder and a lot bigger as you go. But also as you go, your equipment gets better, and obviously your skill will get better too. Yes. Um, you will trial by fire, truly. That's what I wanted to say, is that these these classes really do require some dedication. Mm-hmm. The gameplay in Monster Hunter is not a smooth experience, I have to say. <laughs> like you said, almost all of the weapons are heavy, and so these these attack animations take can take seconds to get through. A second, at least, it, it is a long time in these intense battles, and so you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. Even if you're using dual swords, which I believe mm. are the fastest weapons in the game, Yes. if you get started on a combo facing in the wrong direction, you're going to end up way over there, the monster's going to nail you from behind, and, you know, it, it's a mess like connor said you'll get your butt kicked the first (laughs) 10 20 hours you're playing monster hunter before you really get into a groove and each class requires you learning that groove as well right so that's kind of touching on i guess i didn't touch the gameplay necessarily more so like the structure and the framework it's surrounded by Mm -hmm. but let you're you're absolutely right so like the gameplay what I what I like to classify Monster Hunter as, and what I've I've learned to over the years is it's it's the hit it until it dies genre, and don't get <laughs> hit. hit it until it dies and don't get hit genre. Like before Dark Souls came out and was and the the advice was get good, mm-hmm. that like Monster Hunter was there before and yeah get good, but but even before that it was hit it until it dies and don't get hit. That's your <laughs> advice for any beginning hunter. Yeah, and so it I mean 
at its core, it's an action RPG, uh-huh. you know, but like way, way, way more emphasis on the action. It's real time fights. You are kind of like Zelda. I wasn't yeah. too far off when I was when I was hopping into it. You're fighting these big monsters in real time. It's it's interesting to describe Monster Hunter these days because there are so many things that take so much inspiration from it, namely Dark Souls. Mm. Because Dark Souls is almost more of a household name than Monster Hunter these days. Um, interesting. I would, I could agree with that. So, like, almost a, a an apt point of comparison is just like imagine the boss fights in Dark Souls; these huge, massive threats that can kill you in a few hits if you're not careful, and that you have to time your dodges and your blocks very carefully and attack when they're vulnerable very carefully. And they have these huge health pools and they're just kind of like damage sponges. So you just hit them over and over and over and over and over for mm-hmm. sometimes for a very long time until they yeah. die. So it's that framework, but it's just that. It's just the boss fights practically, uh-huh. you know, without all like the adventuring and dungeoning in between. It's just a strange experience having started with Monster Hunter before Dark Souls existed mm-hmm. that like that example, like I said, it feels like going backwards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I will. as a more contemporary example, Zelda Breath of the Wild also definitely takes inspiration from Monster Hunter, especially with kind of the other half of the gameplay, which is all the resource gathering and the crafting. Mm-hmm. When you're going off on these hunts, you get plopped into like this big, huge map, this environment, this wild, uh, this wilderness, mm-hmm. um, and you're free to explore this big map kind of at your own freedom the monster is like hanging out somewhere in the in the field and you have to go find it um track it down and go beat it up but there's bountiful resources there's smaller monsters there's wildlife that you can hunt and gather resources from there's fauna flora mining outcrops to get metals i i was kind of blown away i remember when like starting with monster hunter 3 like it really there wasn't really a game like that that felt like such a natural environment, uh-huh. you know, before. Everything contributed to the puzzle. You know, yeah. everything was a piece to like make this one complete package. Right. And- natural beauty everywhere. And you're right. Like, I mean, you could like pick the flower and use it as a material for potions. You could mm-hmm. hunt those deer over there and, and cook their meat. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of resource gathering was is was pretty new still. Um, back then, at least, obviously now in a post Breath of the Wild world, it's a little it's, things are a little different. And Monster Hunter as a series really tries to grow with the times, which is, I guess, also where I'll connect those dots with what you just said, Braden, um, and also with what you said earlier about Monster Hunter for the PlayStation Two, the original. Uh-huh. All these weapons, um, all these weapon types—the lance, the sword and shield, the hammer, the great sword have been around since the first Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got this series that's several decades old, kind of like Pokemon, you've got these purists. Yeah. And you can't piss off the purists by changing it too much. Mm-hmm. So these weapon movesets have not changed a lick in these two decades. Wow. So however clunky they felt back on the PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. they feel just as clunky now, for better or for worse. and. Wow. They don't change it because that's just what we're used to. Uh-huh. But that gives them more opportunity with these new weapons, the switch axe and the insect glaive, mm-hmm. to kind of switch it up, offer new things. While I'm on the gameplay, I, I suppose I'll touch on too. One thing that they kind of, for Monster Hunter Rise in particular, to to mm-hmm. bring it home to the present day, 
the big new gameplay feature is literally rising through the air. <laughs> you get what is essentially this um, grappling hook that has several uses. Yeah. I mean, you're sighing. What? <sighs> Tell them what it's called. No, wire bug. Why? <laughs> wire bug. Um, that we'll get to the. Brayden and I have some um, qualms with some of the naming conventions <laughs> in this game, but for all intents and purposes, it's a grappling hook. Yes. Um, but that being said, the environments are also bigger and more open than they've ever been. So you can like mm-hmm. grapple onto walls and run up walls and run across really walls. Good. It's awesome. They you did can, really well. You can just kind of grapple up into the air and just kind of swing around like Spider-Man from nothing, but just kind of mm-hmm. like make a big leap and a huge jumping attack on the monster. And along with that, you can use this wire bug to ensnare the monsters and then you can ride on them. Mm-hmm. and use them to attack other monsters those are the main big new gameplay changes for this one right I'd say. anything you need you want to add on or anything i'm missing no because like you said each game kind of added i feel like a big feature one i think monster hunter 4s was like that you could actually mount the monsters or was right. that generation um that was four you could yeah it kind of introduced height and like jumping onto monsters and you can get on their back right. and like attack them on their back um you couldn't mm-hmm. ride them around Right, like you right, can right. in this one but yeah that was a new thing was just like mounting them at all yeah it's interesting coming off of that as like my mm. base knowledge because yeah. you know i i started with sort of quote-unquote mounting and now we really are riding i don't know I, I feel like i've seen some real progress definitely something that i i will say i miss this is somewhat of a tangent the big thing for monster hunter 3 was underwater mm. fights there were oh, wow. like aquatic monsters and monsters uh-huh. that would go for, like amphibious ones that would go from land to sea. And I gotta uh-huh. say, as far as like infamous water levels and swimming in video games goes, it worked <laughs> pretty damn well. It was really? pretty cool. That's and interesting. I, and I do kind of miss it because I feel like it also inherently like allowed a lot more variety for the monsters too. Like sure. you got like some really cool like leviathans. Mm-hmm. I I miss it a lot. But I, di- I digress somewhat. There there are no underwater fights in Monster Hunter Rise, uh, for better or for worse. No Lagaya, Chris. We still have the Royal Ledroth. Yes, we do. I'm, I'm, that for was those... the last monster I killed before we started recording. Nice. Uh, for those yeah. that are not in the know, I'm just, these are the names of some of the monsters. The monsters have absurd names. Also like Pokemon. They really do. Some of them are nor- like, I don't know, normal, I guess, like... <sighs> royal ludroth like ludroth mm-hmm. is pretend it's an animal name and a royal ludroth like that makes sense but some right. of them are like yon cut or gas harag like some is, of them are so strange do you say xenogre or xenogre xenogre okay well what would you what huh what do you say uh, i mean i i think it's xenogre but i don't think okay good so I kind of touched on some of the new gameplay aspects that were introduced to Rise, but something else that they attempted to introduce for the first time to the Monster Hunter franchise with uh, just painful execution is voice acting. I'm just amazed that this was the first time. I might be a little wrong. I think it was in Monster Hunter World, but it was not nearly as bad as this. Why do you hate it so much? It's like, bad. I... It's I'll, bad. I'll be perfectly honest. I I have my subtitles on, and I don't always play with audio. And Elder Fugen, he sounds like he is a ridiculous character. I don't like his animations. I like the way They're he looks. Oh, ridiculous characters! Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I've I've railed on 
the Nintendo of America localizations before on this mm-hmm. podcast. That's no secret is that I'm not a fan of them generally. But right. this is like there is there's a directorial <laughs> like failure across this game. Uh-huh. Like conceptually, this is like I've said before, this game, Monster Hunter Rise, is feudal Japan themed in the mm-hmm. like Edo period stuff, like samurai, like Kurosawa film, like samurai stuff. If there's ever going to be a Monster Hunter game that allows you to have the language in Japanese, it's this one. And yep. you can't. You get the American <sighs> accent, English voice acting, and it's infuriating. To me, uh-huh. and and it's and it's one thing that like the voice acting from the characters is is what it is, but the the main thing that I I despise, and I'm I, oh. I'm sorry that I'm being so negative, and like I'm my I play I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise on the TV primarily, like almost exclusively, okay. and so I, sometimes my roommates are hanging out, and mm-hmm. I also live with like artistically inclined friends of mine. So structurally in the game, when you accept a new quest and you hunt a new monster for the first time, it plays like this intro cinematic for the monster. And that's a that's a that's a serious staple. They do that every time. They call them like ecology videos, like where you kind of like it shows a video of like the monster like stalking its prey and it kind of shows you like what it does and what its gimmick will be. Very cool. But in this one, I'm cringing. I am cringing. You explain it then. You explain it. I'm dying, dude. Yes. Defend it. Justify it. I dare you. No, I don't think I can. First off, it's ruining my screenshots because like you said, those ecology videos are very (laughs) cool and very cinematic and like make for great screenshots. They have a narrator reciting some strange poem about these monsters. Don't don't. What is there more to it than it's trying to poem? Yeah, it's clearly trying to be like a haiku. But it doesn't do. Is it actually a haiku? I didn't count any syllables and stuff. But I like, mean, it it certainly doesn't always follow that. But it, I mean, like it's just kind of like a like a I samurai film trope, you know? I like get it. It even has like the grainy the grainy film mm-hmm. footage filter Lore over it. Kind of thing. So it sh- it's like just like these ecology videos. It shows the behavior of the monster and it shows it doing what it does out in the wild and showing like what it's gonna do to you. But it has the it the narrator performs these terrible poems in his terrible mm-hmm. American English accent. Not a lick of <laughs> Japanese culture or like <laughs> nod whatsoever. Uh-huh. But they're trying so hard. it's and 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 these poems are like Dr. Seuss shit, dude. They're worse than that. Like, they, like I swear they are some like second grade rhymes, right? And and the voice uh, like here here's my impression: the humble monster stalks its prey whether it's in the night or in the day that is like literally that's got to be a quote i don't i i can't confirm or deny but i think that's probably a quote that is the writing quality is is of that same quality it's second grade quality and and the narration itself is caught between being a, a hollywood movie trailer and reading a storybook to second grade children <laughs> yeah. it it really cannot find its way and again if there was ever going to be a monster hunter game that let you switch the voice acting to english mm-hmm. it would be this one japanese. and you can't you cannot I, I, yes sorry I, that you can switch the the language to japanese and you and you cannot do that in this one and it is infuriating it doesn't make the game hard to play i love monster hunter so much Mm-hmm. So dearly, but 
Goodness gracious. It's funny that you, uh, when you said there's one thing that infuriates me the most, I didn't think you were going to say the ecology videos. I thought you were going to say during the match, playing online with other people, like your avatar will like mm-hmm. yell things like, watch out or oh, don't I mind mean, if I do. I, like I gave my guy a British accent and so... <laughs> he's really that's kind of badass yeah he's he sounds fun but like i i swear people have to be so annoyed by him when i'm carving monsters and i'll help myself thank you and oh my goodness i mean like that's i mean yes the voice acting across the board like i said like monster hunter didn't necessarily need voice acting sure maybe it was inevitably going to get it someday Mm -hmm. but it's not about the plot anyway right 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 it doesn't need quality voice acting it would be nice if it had it but you're right yeah, an unwelcome addition was that your hunter has voice quotes during your hunt that they just kind of spout randomly as like cool one-liners, I guess, <laughs> is the intent. Fortunately, that is all that is an option they included is that you can set the frequency to which your hunter uses the li- these lines. That is interesting. Um, generally broadly the options are kind of nice. Like the 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 language thing is like the biggest thing that's not an option, but truly Anything that they've changed over these games, like gameplay or control wise, you can alter in the options. Like in this one, you can see the damage that you do to the monster. You can see like the damage numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's actually a very new addition to the series. And mm-hmm. so I turned it off because I don't, I'm not used to seeing it. And I, I kept and I don't it like on. To. Yeah. Good for you. I think it's distracting. I want to know how big my hit was. There you go. Good for you. But yeah, so you can turn this voice acting off, but like, yeah. It's terrible. It's just bad. Like all mm-hmm. the rest of the voice acting. It's my guy is like gruff is like, oh, yeah, I think he's trying to be like edgy. He literally when you use a silk bind attack, uh-huh. he literally goes, see you in hell. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. Does your guy does he say stuff when he's sharpening his weapon? Now's my chance. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. I'll my, take oh this my opportunity. God. My guy he's like, my weapon's getting blunt. <laughs> or but Ew. but the worst one is where would we be without these stones? What? When you so, mine something? Uh for those in the audience, to sharpen your weapon, you have to use an item called a whetstone, um, which is just like a sharpening tool. Mm-hmm. And so and you have to do that a lot throughout a hunt, um, because your weapon gets dulled. That's a that's a mechanic in the Monster Hunter series. Fun mm-hmm. fact. So you're sharpening your weapon pretty often, but yes, one of my guys quotes that he says when he's sharpening his weapon is Where would we be without these stones? I don't like your guy. I hate my guy. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like my guy either. <laughs> and man, the voice acting is just not the move. And I know I've railed against it in games on here before, but you got to agree with me on this one mm-hmm. for this game. Yeah, it's, it's, not it's pretty rough. The move. It's pretty, I, I am a, not a huge judge of voice acting because just because like, I mean, jake for example he watches so much anime and stuff like he has a mm. great like radar for voice acting and stuff and, sure. and you and I as am well an actor you yes. are yes like you have literal schooled knowledge on the <laughs> subject and and so like you know generally i i'm i'm just like ah i don't mind but yeah this one it gets pretty rough so something i i heard you mention was uh that these these hunter quotes these things that they shout uh that other players heard them and that's mm-hmm. really that's something that we have not touched on. That is like a Monster Hunter staple from day one. Monster Hunter is about multiplayer. Heck yeah, dude. Which is not my cup of tea generally. 
I am very much a solo kind of gamer. I played Monster Hunter 4 and Generations by myself. Mm. I Because I was, for the most part, I was working like a food delivery job. I was in my car, flipped my DS open, you know, whenever I could. And I was by myself. So I'm enjoying Rise for, for, for multiplayer reasons. But ah. you, you, you've been around the block before. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, to be actually, to be honest, I've been playing Rise exclusively solo so far. Oh, just wow. to get reacquainted with Monster Hunter. That's kind of always how I do it for each of the games. It's like I get, I dip my toes back in single player for a while, get acquainted, and then hop into the multiplayer quests and start mm-hmm. getting with other people. But yeah, so like this is historically a a multiplayer focused series, which is kind of like where the the lack of story focus and like the lack sure. of story polish kind of comes in is because it's about the gameplay and like the grind. And like mm-hmm. you said, the gameplay loop. Yes. But yeah, typically ideally you're you're facing these huge monsters with three other people with their own weapons and uh you're all whacking at it and it's kind it of awesome mayhem yeah it's, very it's nothing chaotic. short of awesome if i'm not mistaken this four-player co-op concept it goes back to the original monster hunter Am oh I yeah right? you are correct the playstation 2 had online capabilities yeah same with xbox you know it's kind of funny like having to reframe your your gaming generations you know we're just Mm. so far from the original xbox and ps2 now but uh yeah those unfortunately for the gamecube we did not really have much of a online presence but ps2 and xbox were hey i said much Um, okay cool but yeah the ps2 and xbox they were already doing that that four-player thing yeah and i mean for what it's worth the wii that wii connect 24 baby it really uh-huh. Nintendo Wi-Fi really really strong stuff there, connecting with three those. other players. Rough eighth grade days, something like that. And I mean, I, honestly, there's not much more to the multiplayer notion than that. But I just we forgot to mention it. So you mentioned that you haven't played multiplayer yet in Rise. Correct. That's fair enough. I just I have spent uh, quite a bit of time online actually. Just okay. Because I, I've deprived myself of that experience in my Monster Hunter playing in the past. It's very convoluted, and I'm curious if it's always been convoluted, or if it's something new to rise, or, you know, what I'm missing here. I've, I've found a way that works for me, personally, to play yeah. multiplayer-wise, but... What is convoluted about it? What are What are you having <laughs> trouble with? What are you settling on in Rise? My big struggle comes between finding a lobby to play in with people that I will play multiple quests with. Mm. I can't, or if I just want to drop into a quest that's already in progress, you know, a a quest of my choosing that other people are also playing. But once that quest is over, I'm kicked back out to my own lobby. I'll never see those people again. That's what I've been doing. I've been doing the drop in method. Uh, I find Mm -hmm. it very efficient. I have fun playing with the people, but I mean, I want to get into the lobby system, but it it seems as though it can be very obtuse and and not very efficient either. Hmm. A few different thoughts on that. Normally, at least in my experience, historically, since Monster Hunter 3, the lobby system is more so how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of like pick a lobby that's like, we're doing these quests. Right. And you join and then those are the people you're with and they can quit whenever they want and somebody else can come back in. It's just like a, a room yeah. of four people, you know, that can 
enter and exit sure. at will. But I think the the second one that you're talking about where you just like drop in mid quest mm-hmm. is is pretty new to the series. Um it may it might be new to Rise in particular, I'm not really sure. It kind of reminds me of the new multiplayer system that we talked about a little bit back in the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles episode. Am I wow. wrong? Wow. No, that's that's pretty spot on actually. I, I mean I, I, I have to assume they've really streamlined the, the mm. matchmaking process with this drop in thing. It's it's cra- it's really interesting. I have only been denied a match less than a handful of times. That means that there's always a group of players playing the very quest that I wanted to play. I guess I can't wrap my head around you know how many millions of people are playing this mm-hmm. game at one time or whatever but i i'm pretty blown away that i just i've never really failed to find a match sure you know, even for the non required quests you know even mm. like a, an obscure kill 20 of this small monster which nobody wants to do you know but if i just right. if I, I i did do one of those and i found four people like i don't know mm. it's it's i've not been let down by it well, I mean, it does seem like a good idea. Like you said, streamlining streamlining is a good word for it because like, you know, sometimes you want to like just roll through all the quests with a with a group of hunters and like just mm-hmm. kind of experience it all together, get through it. And then sometimes you're like, I need this one shell from this one monster to finish the last piece of the armor set. And I just mm-hmm. need this one thing. So you just like want to drop into like the, the Rathalos hunting quest and kill a rathalos real quick and get that material and then be on your way you know so that kind of makes sense i mean it's good that you can just kind of drop in get what you need and get out if i were wanting that one rathalos piece like have to drop into a lobby fight with the other three people on what quest we're doing be like i can i please do the rathalos quest because that that is how it used to be is like yeah you know you kind of had to suggest a quest to do and everybody kind of had to agree on it in the lobby well and i think that's part of what my kind of confusion and just general grumpiness towards it is is that the the drop-in as we've been calling it the drop-in option is totally separate from the lobby option like it's two different locations you can't talk to the same person to both drop in or join a lobby like it it treats it as two very different functions and so interesting I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it, it keeps it convoluted in a way that seems unnecessary to me. Hmm. Maybe that's just me and I'm, maybe I'm dumb. I can't, I can't speak too much to it because I haven't experienced it yet. But I, I, again, I guess my best justification would be, like I said, like just two different functions for him, you know? Yeah. If you're wanting to like play online, online, like multiplayer with people and have that mm-hmm. experience, you can do that. Or if you just like need to mop up a quick quest for, for your own reasons, you can, you can do that, I guess. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to elaborate on this very point though, mm-hmm. but keeping on the convoluted theme, why are there two of everything? Why are there two quest desks and why, uh... why are there two separate like hub worlds? Like one that's considered like the multiplayer hub world and one that's considered like the solo player hub world. It has literally the same shop. It has the same kitchen. It has the same house. It has the same item box. It has the same quest board. It has everything identical, but it's literally just in another location. And I understand that's historically Monster Hunter as well. Yes. Because, you know, that is, remember- that is the short answer. 
I, yes, I understand that is precedent as well, but it's, it's convoluted and unnecessary. It's certainly not user-friendly for new players. It's not intuitive. It is obtuse and archaic, right. yes. But, and, and like you said, it's carried over from the older games. So I'm going to connect a few dots. We, I kind of mentioned like how, like the world building and like how the maps and the environments really make you like feel like you're in this like environment and, and world mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. The same goes for like the, the hub, the village that you're in, you know, like they're extremely yeah. detailed. There's stuff going on like all around. The village is like alive and that's kind yeah. of part of it. That's kind of part of the tradition is like the village has like a bunch of different rooms and, and NPCs that you can uh-huh. talk to and they all have their functions. And that's kind of mm-hmm. just like to make that world functional and like livable and believable and, and breathing, you know, I'm okay with that, but well, I mean, you don't have to be because it does make it archaic in, in execution, (laughs) but Uh that's also kind of why also over the years they've developed it in a way like we've discussed before outside of the podcast, it is a little redundant to have all these different quest counters and like all these different NPCs and stuff, because you have your house in the village and you can access all of it from inside your house. You can. You mm-hmm. don't have to run up to the shopkeeper. You don't have to run up to the quest counter. You don't have to run up to the um, the blacksmith. Mm-hmm. One NPC consolidates it all. Right, which is functional and and elegant solution, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. It's just kind of. It's caught in the middle. It's it's caught in between like appeasing to the purists and just like I just want to get in, develop, forge my new armor, buy a weapon, and get out and go on the new quest. And those that are like maybe new to Monster Hunter and like want to explore the village a little bit and get acquainted mm-hmm. and here's all these cool new things, you know, to look at. Right. But it's it's yeah. it's another one of those things that's like caught between convention and ingenuity. I and I, I I'm of both minds because yes, the housekeeper who gives me access to all of the side projects that i can you know undertake is certainly useful but it's still cool to go down to the the buddy plaza where all your cats and dogs live which you know we yeah can talk about our, our buddies but um and and see what's new you know the the shop expands or something like that even though you can access that very shop like we said from your house it, it's cool to see useless to be there right it, everybody wins sort of so so that's why there's uh 12 quest counters sort of you mentioned buddies it's not super important i mean kind of the whole buddy system the dogs are new right palamutes buddies yeah they're pretty new and and yeah they're not that big a deal but historically through monster hunter franchise um to kind of emulate that multiplayer experience in single player, they you can recruit these NPC partners called palicos, which are just like these little like cat guys. Not like not like Mario 3D World cat Mario cat right. guys. Um, these are literally just like anthrop- anthropomorphic little cats that are very yeah. cute and very charming and wear like little armor and carry around these like cat little clubs size, and stuff though, too. Yeah, and they're cat size as well. They're they they function like as your your hunter buddies on the quests and like can also help attack and distract the monster during your hunts. Um, so it's just kind of a way to like provide additional help on your solo quests, kind of emulate the multi multiplayer experience a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yes, like you said in, in rise uh, you have your Palico, your little cat guy, and you also have this dog called a Palamute. Yeah. 
for some reason. Which, uh, these stupid naming conventions. Palamute oh is only Kimura's name for the dogs, like for the trained dogs. They have like another name for what the species is or something like that. You know, that makes sense. Because the Palicos are also felines. Like felines is the species, but Palicos are like your pals. Canines. And then Malinx is canines. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I think they're a really good addition in that you you can actually ride them. You know, they're they're kind of small, but they really help you cross these like kind of wide open areas much, much faster than you ever could in a past Monster Hunter game. You can also like heal and sharpen your weapon while you're riding the Palamute, which is a massive game changer. In the past, you had to hold still to sharpen your weapon. So you had to find like a safe hiding spot. And so when I say game changer that you can be on the move while you're sharpening your weapon, it, it, it's pretty big. It is. It's, and it's definitely like a convenience thing. So I'm, I'm a Palamute fan. Yeah. I, they're definitely a welcome addition that goes along definitely with like the streamlining of, of the, the monster hunter formula. Cause you're right. Like mm-hmm. you either, you would have to like sit still and sharpen your weapon or <laughs> after the monsters run away, you just like take a break, stand around, chug all your potions or whatever. But yeah, you're right. Now you can like pursue the monster and while you're pursuing it, you can heal up, sharpen up, charge up all your stuff and get back to the action like pretty quickly, which is Mm -hmm. very nice. Yeah, you kind of mentioned like the streamlining of the the Monster Hunter formula over the years, which absolutely has been occurring, you know, just Mm -hmm. game on game. I have a couple things that I kind of just, I don't agree with the direction necessarily that they took it. I don't know. Oh. And the first being the whetstone that we've been discussing. It's how you sharpen your weapon. Am I wrong that that used to be a disposable item, whereas now in Monster Hunter Rise, you can use it as many times as you want? You are correct. It was, it did, in older Monster Hunter games, it used to be a, a resource that you that you got from the environment and you did have like a, a limited amount. You could buy more uh but yes, mm-hmm. they were a, a finite resource, sort of. Right. You, you could run out during a hunt. Yeah, I kind of liked that. I thought it added mm. some pressure to the situation. But I, there obviously no complaints always having a whetstone on hand, you know. Similarly, where's the paintballs? In past <sighs> Monster Hunters, the map was blank. You didn't know where the monster was hiding, essentially. And it's not hiding, you know, it's out in the open, but you don't know where in this huge open space the monster is. And so if you find it and then it runs off, you can lose track of it again. And you have to hunt down the monster. Hey, exactly. But you could use this item called a paintball, where if you threw it on the monster, you could then track it on your mini map, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really kind of cool it it made the hunting experience feel just you know that slight bit more realistic or something you know just more interactive sure whereas dynamic whereas here in monster hunter rise all the monsters that are on the map are visible to you from the start of the quest which it was kind of a bummer i don't know it just seemed a little too watered down a little too easy maybe too streamlined definitely i agree and I'll get into the monster tracking in particular, but like broadly, I do want to address the, the whole streamlining problem as it is, uh-huh. is like, uh, again, appealing to like purists and newcomers alike and like staying true to the formula, but also like evolving with the times. 
is like mm-hmm. i don't know the like with the whetstone thing with the weapon sharpening thing it's mm-hmm. kind of like yeah i mean why not make it an infinite resource because you like it's just kind of redundant for it to be finite like i mean you always have right. to do it and you and like whetstones were a dime a dozen anyway you always had 99 on you anyway it's not like mm-hmm. it was ever truly finite so let's just sure. make them infinite why not but then it's like you know what why sharpen it at all it just kind of gets in the way of the hunting let's just take out like sharpness and mm-hmm. you know it's and you know what why stamina anyway we're just like getting in the way of the hunting yeah you know it's like with, with all these like streamlining things there's it's a slippery slope and it's a really sure. tricky precipice that they've been on for a long time now with each mm-hmm. entry in the franchise and same for same for monster tracking because like i remember in monster hunter 3 a complaint i heard from like my few friends that also picked it up that and like mm-hmm. were turned off by it that it was too hard was like they couldn't find the monster <laughs> they would run around the map for like half an hour and just like not be able to find it because the monster Which moves is, around right it's a, a kind of a fair complaint yeah it's it, if you're not like if you're not attuned to the experience then if you're not acquainted then yeah it can be very frustrating and very newbie unfriendly but just kind of even if you've played a long time and like for whatever reason the monster is not in the area that is normally and you're like well uh-huh. guess i gotta go run around and so streamlining it conceptually yes good idea something that i will note and that you missed out on and i almost missed out on in monster hunter world the one for ps4 and xbox one it was so it was a lot cooler there were no paintballs but what you could do is there were monster tracks and like monster droppings and evidence around the map so you would now find that's cool very cool very intuitive and still keeping with like the monster hunting thing and uh-huh. but not making it like so obtuse that you just like are blind and have to run around mm-hmm. uh yeah you, you would like find the tracks genius. and then you would that's like genuinely the natural evolution of like the hunting experience is, you know, kind of tracking them down. Like, yeah, that's really cool. And it right. makes perfect sense. I will say once you found the tracks, it would kind of make it automatic. Like you had kind of like how everything is sort of like bugs, like every functional like technology thing is just like a special bug. Um, you mm-hmm. had a special bug that when you found the tracks, it would like kind of draw a path to the monster sort of automatically, like but I mean, like, you know, it's following the tracks. It's like you could follow them with your eyes anyway. It yeah. it was a lot. It was definitely a more elegant solution than the paintballs and mm-hmm. more natural solution than them just being on the map automatically, mm-hmm. you know. Right. All that, all that to say, I don't know why they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. May, maybe to make it more user and new, newbie friendly. I'm not really sure. But I agree. Yeah. It's a little silly that they're just like on the map. They're you're you know where they are for some reason and you just run yeah. up to them with no surprise or no and no dynamism whatsoever right that is a that is a good point and before i let you kind of get into your nitpicks do you want i, I do have one more and kind of it's i feel like it's very much in the same vein as you know the, the missing paintball or mm. i feel like it's going to be the next feature to go actually okay um, and that would be capturing the monsters Ooh. um uh, I, I want to discuss that with you. So you're you are a monster hunter, and in general, you you're gonna end up slaying the monster. You're gonna kill it and carve it and take all its materials. But you do have the option, and some quests require you to capture the monster alive, 
which involves setting traps and lures, and then you have to hit it with some sleep bombs to put it to sleep and knock it out. Doesn't that just sound convoluted? That, it, that's all I'm saying. It. I have more fun killing the monster. I get more materials killing the monster. You don't I don't understand capturing entirely. You don't understand capturing because you don't get more materials from killing the monster. That is the trade-off. This is just another Monster Hunter series staple that's been around forever. Um, since mm-hmm. the first game, you can either hunt the monster, kill it, slay it, or you can capture it. That's always how mm-hmm. it's been. And the reason it is convoluted and obtuse is because it's always been that way. And if they change <laughs> it too much, then it's just not the same or they should just do away with it entirely. Might as well, you know, just one of those things. Yeah, yeah. But the, the trade-off has always been, you would think you get more materials and more rewards for hunting the monster and carving it and mm-hmm. like whatever uh, parts of the monster you broke, you know, you get, you get those things. But mm-hmm. historically you get more rewards for capturing it after the quest is over. Uh, right. Obviously, you can't carve parts off of a captured alive monster, but mm-hmm. after the quest is over and you get like these rewards from like the village, you get mm-hmm. more, typically. And and there's a higher chance of you getting the rarer materials as well. That's the trade-off. Is that Because also, it's worth noting that hunting the monster, killing it until it's dead, is easy. Yeah. Compared to... The capturing process, which is a lot more delicate, it's a lot like Pokemon. Again, mm-hmm. you have to wear the monster wow, down. Yeah, that's so true. To to very low health, and you have to watch for the signs for it to like limp away, kind of, and show signs of weakness. And mm-hmm. you wait until that is until it's weak. Um, sometimes it'll run away and go to its nest and fall asleep. And then you set a trap, and it falls into the trap. You you lure it into the trap, and then you throw trank bombs on it, tranquilizer bombs. Mm-hmm. And then you beat the quest. So it's 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 riskier and more delicate because it's mm-hmm. like I said, it's easier to like get carried away and just keep bashing the monster and accidentally yeah. hunt it when you're trying to capture it. Mm-hmm. So capturing is like a little more of a hurdle, a little more tedious of a process, but it does reward you with better items. Is the concept? Be- you're right. The capturing mm-hmm. process is a little archaic still, but yes, there there that's all that is. It makes me feel a little better that I'm rewarded more for capturing i i do think my beef comes from playing online i drop into these quests and we're mm. we're just oh. going to town on this monster and then all of a sudden someone pops a trap in their trank bomb and it goes to sleep and i'm like oh quest is over no no carving for me oh. like yeah like no that's awesome that's great what's terrible is when you're doing a capture quest and everybody's going to town on a monster okay. and the monster doesn't get a chance to breathe and it dies before yeah. you can do anything that's true that's that's totally fair but no i'm just uh, like uh, i, I want to kill the monster and then they're like nope sleepy time the, for monster no that's the hunters you were with knew what they were doing that's a good thing you should be okay, thankful fine. <laughs> fine all right yeah but that the, those were some of my just kind of like strange you know mm-hmm. little just it shows some of the series age but also it feels just Everything we talked about, you know, paintballs and whetstones and capturing, it, those are all incredibly deep staples to the series. Mm-hmm. Like, you know and what just, I mean? Like, and they're creative conceptually. Like uh-huh. Monster Hunter 1 for the PS2, like those are unique mechanics in a game mm-hmm. that like really weren't seen before. Having to maintain weapon sharpness. Like you don't yeah. have to do that in Zelda. You're, the Master Sword is evergreen. You know, you never have mm-hmm. to worry about it being dulled. You never have to worry about stamina. Right. You know, 
I do love this game though. Monster Hunter is fun. It's it's difficult. I'm stuck being a lancer. I I have tried really? the gun lance and I was a dual swords guy for Monster Hunter 4 and Generations. So, you know, I've kind of I've tried a couple different things, but like the insect glaive, you kind of touched on how obscure and like strange it is, but it uses like the juices of insects that you find in the world around you to like cast spells or something like that. I don't freaking know. It just seems like way over my head, but like by the same token, really cool. And I want to try it and figure it out. Mm -hmm. But then will I be bad at lancing? Will I lose my lancing skills? No, no, I, I, I'm a hammer guy. When I, when I want to kick ass and kill something, I use a hammer when I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a hard monster and I just want it dead. Yeah. But if I'm like going back and like grinding for materials or whatever, I'll like switch it up. I like the long sword. Yeah. I like the sword and shield. I like the lance mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I want to dip my toes into the bow gun just because yeah. ranged fighting is just like beyond me. I, I, I like to switch it up a lot Um, when yeah. I'm just having, I like to keep a, a higher tier of each type of weapon, you know, on hand mm-hmm. just so I can like, in case I want to switch it up, I can, I can handle sure. whatever threat I need to. We've covered this game pretty broadly and with a lot of depth. I feel like, like I feel like we've covered our bases pretty well, but there's mm-hmm. still like just kind of like some uh, auxiliary nitpicks. Like we've mentioned these naming conventions a few times. Obviously, like we've said, monster hunter is a, is a hard game. It's, mostly for like core gamers it's not a casual game for certain even like the gameplay the challenge of the gameplay itself but also just like the way it sucks you in and keeps you playing mm-hmm. like to get that next armor piece or that next weapon and or see that next monster is just like pretty addicting you're always one piece of material away from the next best item and which requires another quest right exactly that being said with each subsequent entry it does seem like monster hunter is trying to become more accessible you know like all these stream this streamlining the mechanics that we talked about is for is mm-hmm. to make it fresher and easier for people that want to try monster hunter for the first time sure but something that doesn't help is these hundreds and hundreds of tutorial windows that pop Holy up cow. while you're starting the game through through every dialogue tree before and after Holy everything cow. you do when you pull your weapon out it's like here's how to use the weapon when you mm-hmm. run up to a, a plant, it's like, here's what this plant does. They're all paragraphs, dude. Yes, it's a lot of reading. And it's it, it's not like they're like, A is attack, B is guard. It's like, press A to then launch your attack against the monster, which, yeah. watch out, you it's going to attack you back. Press and it's, B to guard. It's not just it's, A. It's like, hold R and A. Hold R to charge up your attack and then press A or B depending on what, if you want to do a rising slash or a spinning slash. And But those spinning slash and rising slash are actually called whirlwind blades and rising upper and rising and it has a description that's like rising upper can change into can chain into a whirlwind blade if your spirit gauge is all the way up on a monday and the planets are aligned and you're eating lunch uh-huh. it's and those are just the weapons but like like we've said like just things have different has weird names like it can't just be like an ant or a butterfly it's a mm-hmm. bomber fly it's an alteroth collect the you it's a quest where we like go collect these things felvine and you're like what the hell is a felvine yeah it's a, that's a plant like a tree or the ground <laughs> right 
and like like we said with like the wire the grappling hook mechanic it's called a wire bug and these wire bugs allow you to do silk bind attacks mm-hmm. um which are a whole other thing it's uh, the terminology feels like it's never been more unfriendly truly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um more more newbie unfriendly in a monster hunter game dare i say it's pretty wild especially with how it's presented with all those tutorial windows and just like the raw reading you have to do. It's the vocabulary almost is what's yeah, overwhelming. Absolutely. They, they really expect you to have a knowledge of, of what they're talking about. It seems like when you first start, which yeah, is, isn't cool if you're getting started in this series. It's very overwhelming. Definitely. Like I was kind of overwhelmed still as a, like a veteran. I was like, I mean, I knew how to do all the things, but it was just like pelting me with information. Well, how do they fix that? Do I mean I I would sit through a thirty minute tutorial, but then again, like it, it, your class won't necessarily apply. Like you know what I mean? Like what weapon you want to use? Mm. Not everyone's gonna play the same play style. So this is interesting because they've done it. They've experimented with this before in like how mm. newbie friendly it is. Monster Hunter Three was a great starting point, and I think mm. that's part like that goes hand in hand with why it was on the Wii to be accessible. Yeah, because um, it really did introduce you very slowly to everything about Monster Hunter. For example, like in Rise, in this one, you have one of each weapon type available to you from the beginning, like full stop. You can jump into any weapon d- in the deep end and just like go to town, dive right. into it, learn about it, etc. Um, in Monster Hunter Tri, you had to choose one to start with. That's awesome. It it it. See, it is. It's awesome, and it was cool because, like, over the story, it was like we just developed the switch axe, this new technology, and the first uh-huh. long sword you get is like this from this character, and then you learn how to mm-hmm. develop the long sword. And even the quests, like the whole one star tier of quests, were all like tutorial quests teaching you how to play, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was that was really great. It was a great starting point. Mm-hmm. But if that were to happen in Rise. For me, that would be incredibly frustrating. I wouldn't want to start the right. game if the first 10 hours were going to be repeating the stuff that I already knew, right? If mm-hmm, I had to like mm-hmm. wait a few hours to get to the hammer that I want to use so bad, you know? Right. Um, so that's a, it's just an, another difficult thing. You know, I, I appreciate in Rise that I, again, series vet, serving my duty, mm-hmm. can just kind of jump in and kick ass as soon as I want. But, you know, for these, for, new players that want to try monster hunter all these menus and tutorials it's pretty obtuse abstract so i don't really know what the solution is there it's funny i was talking to my boss who is just like an incredibly casual gamer uh Mm -hmm. particularly nintendo and and he knew of monster hunter as the difficult game (laughs) as the you know the the hard game that that will punish you it's one and of the ogs baby that's right but i just i don't know who i'm thinking of my casual boss i'm thinking of even my best friends who you know some of them are gamers but i don't know who i could recommend rise to if they hadn't played monster hunter before is that a is that a too dramatic of a thought no not at all broadly i would recommend it if you like Dark Souls or if you liked Zelda Breath of the Wild in particular, like if you like those mm-hmm. kinds of games, he- I would say if you like Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles co- in its combat takes inspiration from Monster Hunter in a lot sure. of ways. 
it's a lot more automatic, I suppose, less actiony, but you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, there are aspects to it. But I, I think as far as introducing someone cold turkey to Monster Hunter, I don't think Rise is the worst opportunity to do mm-hmm. so. But I think anyone that's diving in has to know that Monster Hunter is like a is a long running franchise. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a new brand new thing. It's 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 yeah. rooted in tradition. You just have to. They're going to have some layers that they're going to have to cut through before they Definitely. start creating their own path. Right. Yeah. But ultimately, it's a it's a rewarding experience. Absolutely. It's tons and tons of fun. Again, going back to kind of the gameplay loop, this is one of the first times I can recall just almost being like addicted to the 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 experience. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's just so satisfying. You are crushing these massive, beautiful monsters <laughs> that is that usually the highlight of any other game. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like, like the big boss. Yeah. And that's all this game is. And then if you are at all like a checklist kind of guy, like a a collectibles kind of guy, a completionist. Uh, I'm saying guy, a, a completionist. If you are this kind of person, it, it, this game it, is crack. Just, yes, this game is crack. Yes, it'll tickle this weird little spot in your brain that won't let go. And mm-hmm. so, if you've never played it before, you are going to be climbing a mountain for the first several hours. But uh, it'll be worth it if you are up for the challenge and it sounds fun. It's just I I feel dramatic saying, oh, I can't recommend this to anyone. But I just you you do need to be prepared for what you're getting into. I think it's It's, only fair because if you you you, this ain't Mario, my friends, (laughs) something like that. Yes, it's I mean, it's a challenging game. That's just the plain and short of it. And Mm -hmm. if you can come to grips with that, if you like challenging games, definitely give it a shot. And yeah. and going back, like you said, like when that switch flipped, like that's, I think Monster Hunter 3 was like the first game that I ever put like several hundred hours into before. Dude, you hogged the Wii. I so sure did. Freaking much. Sure did. I bought a classic controller just for that game, baby. I just, I'm telling you, so if you've played Monster Hunter, you know what I'm talking about. The inventory screen is mm. made up of it's just dozens of tiny icons that mean nothing if you look <laughs> at the icons themselves. I just remember Connor flying through menus and menus of these weird icons and then bashing the monster a couple times and then like running away and icons 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 and boom 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 icons icons. And like that's that's what I remember seeing. No, no you're not you're not wrong whatsoever. Like to the layman like I said, like my roommates watch me. He's like, so what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you hunting this monster? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a monster hunter, baby. Come on, bro. Get on yeah. board. I feel like we've done, we've, I know I mentioned a lot of nitpicks, but like a lot of those nitpicks are like the streamlining problems for me mm-hmm. and just like how to tackle those. and like, what the best way and like, did they do it right? We've covered most of those bases that I was intending to, I feel like. Can we get into like one mega, super tiny, insignificant nitpick? That sounds like it really is bothering you big time, though. If 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 you are new to Nintendo's, I'm the resident composer. Um, the theme song you have heard was Ish. is is my work. I'm kind of a music snob, sort of. He is. I'm, yes, yes, but I'm not super well versed in music theory. Um, 
so extremely tiny nitpicky thing there is one monster we mentioned called Zenogre. he is like my uh-huh. favorite monster probably introduced in three wow. ultimate he was the the flagship monster of three of monster Hunter three ultimate and he has mm-hmm. his own theme something we haven't mentioned like theming game composition video game music theming and motifs in game music is like is my crack is my bread and butter we might have to do a special someday on just like video game music or like a particular dissecting certain games music or something someday but yeah that's 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 my that's my meal that's what what i dine Mm -hmm. on and monster hunter is monster hunter has really good music um it's just like Mm -hmm. really good like bombastic orchestral stuff like for when you're fighting these monsters generally each area each map has its own battle theme so like the volcano has like this kind of thing the tundra has like more twinkling pianos and like wind mm-hmm. noises but some monsters like Zenogre, have their own battle theme that like is iconic to them endemic to their fight and that's Zen- it's super sick and Zenogre's is awesome and it has this one melody that plays at the top of it <laughs> that when he was first introduced in monster hunter 3 ultimate goes something like this Cool. Yeah. I'm with so you. far, so good. So that's the main melody, but there's a harmony part that is associated with it. They changed the harmony from Three oh. Ultimates version to Rise, and it's worse. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I guess I'll start with Rise's version, uh-huh. and then we can hear Three Ultimates, and maybe you can hear an improvement. And yeah, yeah, Braden, yeah. Braden, maybe you maybe you can hear this. We kind of have the Weaver genes, the musical, the musical wherewithal audience i'm sorry if this is annoying or weird or redundant or whatever <laughs> but maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a nice little music lesson but anyways this is a with the harmony that rise added right very cool. very zelda like pirates or something it's kind of it's a little more minor. The chord isn't complete in the song, and I can't I can't uh-huh. like name the letter chord that it is, but it is uh-huh. it's ba 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 ba. You know, a little more antagonistic. Monster Hunter Three Ultimate's version, the original version, goes something like this. Ooh, it's That's, it's like more. It is. It's more upbeat. It's, it's more like blood pump, and it's more like yeah. It definitely brings you higher. I mean, it's literally a yeah. higher note. It's the difference. The second it's one the, is better. I I appreciate that you agree, and I appreciate you giving me this time and space and <laughs> appreciating it mm-hmm. because I I mean it's the difference. I mean, video game composition, theming, yada 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 yada. There's a difference between making the player fear feel empowered and making them feel threatened. And mm, mm-hmm. the the first one I played, Rises, obviously it's all very subtle, but it makes you feel more threatened because Certainly. it's more it's a little more antagonistic, it's a little more minor, the chord is a little uh-huh. more obscured. It feels darker. Yes, exactly. But the second one, the one that was in original three U, is more upbeat. It's more uplifting. It's empowering. It's both it's yeah. two major chords. It's like, yeah, I'm a hunter and I'm gonna hunt this thing, you know. This mm-hmm. is a formidable mm-hmm. foe, but like, I don't know. It's Maybe I have problems. Uh, <laughs> no, <there's laughs> maybe you don't, maybe I'm overthinking don't the, everything. 
Dude, but, you definitely got problems, but but sure. valid, but separate from separate from problems. this, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's my little completely unnecessary music nerd lesson for the day. I, and I'll again mention my roommates. I like verbally reacted when I heard it the first time. I was like, <laughs> "What? They changed <laughs> it!" And Kyle was like, "Whoa, that's but, a- <laughs> yeah, that's really funny." I. I feel like I've only fought the Zenogar once this time around this game. And so mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll definitely have to pay attention. I, I like the idea that some monsters do come with their own themes. I Oh, I it's awesome. Yeah. Realize that. Are um, the themes of, from this game reused? Are any of the melodies or songs? Re- or did I really just pick up on the tunes from this game that, that quickly? Because I can... I can whistle them along with the game and I, I mm. feel like maybe they were from four or generations or even just like the quest complete song. It depends on what you're referring to. Like I said, some recurring monsters have their own themes that are that carry over from game to game, but get kind of like remixed and reorchestrated, which is kind of the, the sure. case with Zenogers. The rest mm-hmm. of the, honestly, the rest of the Rise version of Zenogers theme is like pretty cool and like, mm-hmm. and fits like the feudal Japan vibe, like lots of kotos and flutes and stuff is very cool. Sure. It's just the main melody that about me. But um, yeah, there's like, there there are common, um, the Monster Hunter theme is like, you know it's that like victory theme is is been it was in one it was in two it was in three i think it was in four but they do kind of like change it a little bit depending on the game but the the motif is like sort of there it suggests the original motif so you're definitely not wrong um mm-hmm. and and during the credit sequence like after you fight like what is the quote unquote big boss in the credits mm-hmm. roll they there are there are more like subtle hints of like the monster hunter theme um, right, right sprinkled in you know um so you're not you're not wrong okay that's fair enough it's there i do pick up like like you said we got some weaver jeans we're fairly musical and so we do pick up on melodies and tunes you know fairly quickly but mm-hmm. i was you know i was curious if i was really remembering from past games or not you're not you're not all the way wrong but uh depending on what song you're talking about you're not all the way right either (laughs) well 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 this has been quite the discussion yes it has and ah i don't know we might have to like do another episode like in a couple months down the line yeah like once we've like clear so i mean i'm barely in the high rank Mm -hmm. quest missions same yeah still got a long way to go which is quite literally when the game actually starts. It's like when it opens up. It the game mm-hmm. doubles itself as soon as you clear the low rank and opens up high rank. It's it's wild. And yeah. I didn't know there was G rank. You you sent me a text the other day about G rank and I've never heard of such a thing, <laughs> but apparently it's real. Oh, in yes. some games. Right. Yeah, I I'm, I can't actually say for certainty that it's in this one. I can only assume it is because it usually is. Well, something that we can see like on all the menus and stuff is there is downloadable content planned for the future that they're not so subtle about. So I mm-hmm. guess we'll see. Maybe, maybe uh, I mean, they'll definitely keep updating the game, but maybe we'll see some new monsters and new content in like the Absolutely. relatively near future. We obviously went hard on this game, mm-hmm. but... And, and we're not even... We've only just started too. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. And so I, I, I feel... 
I feel simultaneously like satisfied with our conversation, but also I like we're just leaving so many loose ends that deserve to be tied up, but right. we'd have to be here for another many hours. Right. And we've also, this is already shaping up to be like one of our longer episodes, no doubt. Um, and then we, so uh, do we want to cover a gem real quick or? Uh, oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think we've covered a hefty, a, a suitable amount of Nintendo gaming for one episode regardless. Yes, certainly. Anything else you want to tack on about it or close off with besides hit it until it dies and don't get hit? I like that a whole lot. That seems like a tattoo <laughs> I need or something like that. Absolutely. Like a life, a life motto. But no, I, I do think I'm pretty rounded out here. If there's anybody listening that wants to play this game with us, please give us a shout. Uh, yeah. This is kind of going to be an appeal to our social media again. You know, holler at us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Discord. I mean, we'd love to get together with you and, and smash some skulls. So yes, I, that, I think that would be pretty cool. And, and like I said, maybe there really will be another episode down the line if, if there's ever some significant DLC or anything like that. Otherwise, I, I think right now we might we'll have an episode in another week or two, I think. And then Pokemon Snap. Yeah. New Pokemon Snap comes out. So, I, you know, we, we're going to be around. We, we have a busy couple months ahead of us. So so stay tuned to Nintendo Gems. I need to finish my Magnamalos armor set. So if anybody can donate a plate or a tail, please do so. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Solid. Other than that, you can uh, check out my music on Spotify and at bandcamp.com. My stage name is Weave, W-E-A-V. Go to weave.bandcamp.com to listen to my stuff. You are listening to it right now, probably, as the outro song kicks in. So check it out. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the Nintendo's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation on Monster Hunter Rise. I know I have. And on that note, we will see you next time. My name is Brayden. And I am Connor. And this has been Nintendo. Y'all have a good one. Love you.